1: Glad to have all of you with us for today's political Rewind. Uh, the, the, the main topic of conversation ever since Wednesday morning, when Johnny Isaacson unexpectedly announced that he was going to resign his seat in the U.S. Senate at the end of 2019, remains the same today. Uh, the political universe, Jim Galloway, here in Georgia, and for that matter, across the country. Given we now have two U.S. Senate races in 2020, has really gravitated around the Isaacson decision. Two Senate, two two separate Senate races that could be completely different. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about all that. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about Johnny Isaacson's work as a U.S. Senator. I promised the panel um, Johnny Isaacson is still very much with us and will be for a very long time. We all believe. Uh, so we, we're not eulogizing him today, but it is an appropriate moment to look at the remarkable career he had over 45 years in elective office in Georgia. Um, we're really thrilled to have with us uh, former U.S. Senator Saxby Chambliss, who you were his senior, you were the senior senator when Johnny came in, right? He came That's in right. a couple of years after you. Yeah, he replaced
2: Zell, who um, uh, was senior senator until that time, and then I was
1: his senior senator for 10 years. Right. Um, we also are joined by Sam Olins. One of the things, Sam, that's interesting about you and Johnny Isaacson is you are both creatures of Cobb County politics. So you watched each other come up in Cobb County uh, and have known each other ever since then, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, Johnny was my state house, my state senate, my congressman before he was senator.
1: Um, Melita Easters is also here with us. She's the founder and director of the Georgia Win List, um, which uh, works to elect Democratic pro-choice women. And you followed uh, Johnny Isaacson's career for for as long as you can remember, I imagine?
0: Absolutely. In fact, when I was a producer of the lawmakers for this network in the 80s, um, we watched Johnny Isaacson as one of the more eloquent voices of the Republican Party in the state legislature.
1: And across from you, and if you're watching us on Facebook Live, which you can do by going to the GPB news page on Facebook, is Mike, Michael Thurman, the CEO of DeKalb County. Uh, thank you for being here. And, and you, too, Michael, have a long history of working with and knowing Johnny Isaacson.
4: Absolutely, uh, and, and running against, against him—that him. 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 was going to be my you know, next comment. There's but. no shame in being defeated by a political legend. So that's my. <laughs> thing. Uh, we served together in the Georgia House of Representatives, yep. and uh, I always admired his statesmanship, his integrity. And of course, I ran against him in 2010. Didn't turn out that well for me. I always
1: admired him, but I was hoping to beat him. (laughs) Yeah, I was hoping that
4: that didn't work out. And then we continued to be friends, and uh, he supported me in so many different ways since 2010.
1: Um, We're going to talk. Jim Galloway uh, posted a remarkable column on the AJC website today, and uh, you can read it there. It'll also be in the Sunday paper. And we're going to talk about some of the details of that later. But one of the things relating to you, Mike Thurmond, is. You revealed something to us that I'd never known. None of us, I, many of us at this table, had never known uh, about Michael Thurmond
5: and his relationship to a member of the of the state school board. Right, right, yeah. Johnny Johnny was uh, the board of, uh, made chairman of the board of education by by Zell Miller. Uh, one of his conditions was that he wanted his, <coughs> his board, and he got that. I'll, there's a great quote that I need to I need to kind of read out, but later on. But but Zell had one pick. And that pick was a woman named Barbara Archibald. Your sister? Yes,
4: my sister, and she and Johnny became friends, and are friends to this day. And I really don't think she voted for me in twenty ten.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Let me, um, se- Senator Chambliss. I uh, you you have been very kind to come in. I know you wanted to say some words about uh, Johnny, and, and of course, you, I know you have to leave before the show is over. So I want to start with you, just. Reflect for us. You've obviously been thinking a lot about his career since the announcement on Wednesday. Just reflect for us a little bit on your experiences with Johnny Isaacson.
2: Well, Johnny, as we all know, is just, number one, such a great guy, and he and I entered the University of Georgia together in the fall of 1962. Gosh, that's a long time ago. (laughs) But we became fast friends early on. We were both in the Greek system. We were different fraternities, but back then it was kind of a small world, and everybody knew everybody. Johnny and I became very good friends and remain good friends, obviously, to this day. We married sorority sisters who were good friends, and uh, when Johnny came to the House, it was just a real privilege for me to have a chance to to visit with him on a daily basis about what was happening both in Congress as well as back in our state, and that continued over. I couldn't have been happier when uh, he was elected to the Senate. And um, knowing Johnny's background, knowing that he was one of those individuals just like me that liked to do things, he didn't like a title. He liked to have uh, accomplishments, and Johnny has always worked hard to make sure that happened.
5: I, I can't and, remember. I can't remember maybe maybe just a handful of times where you and he voted uh, in different directions. Yeah, it was rare. And that wasn't
2: uh by happenstance or whatever it was the way that that uh we just felt politically you know or whatever the issue was I, like I, we, pol- we would sit down every day uh when the senate was in session it was not unusual for us to get together six or eight times a day and just talk wow. about stuff uh if there was a particularly a controversial vote coming up we'd talk about it, and if we had any differences of opinion, we'd kind of go through them, but you're right, Jim, it it was rare. In fact, I probably count them on one hand over the 10 years we served together that we voted differently.
1: You know, Jim, it's interesting when I think about Saxby, uh, Shambliss sitting here, um, both he and Johnny Isaacson had had reputations for being collegial, uh, uh, capable of working across party lines. Now, in Saxby Shambliss left before things got out of control, spiraled completely out of control in terms of bipartisanship. It was there. But Johnny Isaacson is is living with it to this
5: day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I mean, that was one of the reasons you did leave uh, in, in 2014 was was just the the partisanship and and, and the thing that amazed me about. Isaacson was that it was if you, if you kind of uh, picture a, a, a ride through some rapids, I mean he was the guy who's dod- who, who been dodging the rocks for the last two, three years.
0: And piloting the boat.
5: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Can, let me let me do this. Um, I had a chance. Jim interviewed uh, Johnny Isaacson the other day, and some of what he said was in this morning 's jolt at a j c dot com uh, I talked to Johnny for a short time this morning we we'll have more of this later, but uh, uh listen to just what. I asked him about, in terms of just that issue, of whether or not one of the reasons, aside from the health issues he's dealing with, he had just had enough of the rocky partisanship in the U.S. uh, Congress today, and here's what he said.
5: In the last year, I had a couple of occasions to try and set the president straight on a couple of things. He said one about John McCain and the other about Charlottesville, West Virginia, or Virginia. Virginia. And I did so on the floor of the United States Senate, and I think I turn the discourse on those subjects to a much better light than they would have been otherwise, and I was proud to step out then, and I'll do it in the future whether I'm in the Senate or a past Senator.
1: Sam, I wonder if Johnny Isaacson may become an even more outspoken voice in terms of being, what do you want to call it, a conscience of Republican uh, politics uh, with uh, as he resi- retires and moves on?
3: Well, I think we need it. I think both parties need leaders that will do that. I think this constant attack mode uh, disserves our nation.
4: Mike? Oh, absolutely. I agree. And my sister just texted me. She said, well, I'm sorry to tell you I did. But no. (laughs) 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 But no, uh, you have to celebrate political courage, no matter where it might originate or reside. And the fact that uh, Senator Iverson spoke out against us the issue and the way it was uh, narrated or articulated as it relates to Charlottesville spoke volumes. There are very few voices uh, who raised concern or even presented an alternative uh, narrative on that side of the aisle. Uh, but he can celebrate his public service to our state and to our nation.
5: Hey, uh, Saxby, let me ask you. Uh, okay, you're... you're 20, 50, 100 years from now, people will, will look at your tenure in, in Senate, and they'll probably point to Augusta and the cybersecurity complex there. What would you what would you identify as, as Isaacson's kind of uh, premier accomplishment? Um,
2: wow. Uh, you know, I think it stretches from um, um, the world of veterans where Johnny has, he is, I mean, by leaps and bounds progress the health care delivery system uh, for our veterans. That was the first thing and I thought
1: about Saxby was he came in as chair of the Veterans Affairs Committee at a time when th- things were a shambles it's a mess. and he yeah. has been able to maneuver in a bipartisan way forward. I mean it's still not fixed, we know that, but it's a lot different than it was when he, before he took over.
2: Yeah, it is and it's not about bricks and mortars. Right. Uh, it's about the, uh, the, the capability of the physicians that are delivering the care. It's about the availability uh, of veterans who don't have to stand in line. It's about uh, making sure that you don't have situations like we've had across the veterans' hospitals in various parts of the countries where we have seen not just uh, illnesses rise, but deaths of veterans. And Johnny has done a remarkable job of working with folks on both sides of the aisle to craft legislation to dramatically improve that. That's certainly a signature. Uh, in the world of, of uh, taxation, Johnny's been a member of the Finance Committee. He has been a stalwart working with uh, Senator Hatch and, and uh, Senator Grassley both to craft tax bills, both pre-Trump uh, administration as well as – as the current administration's so i i think there're going to be a number of things but i i guess if you um, if you went to the to hunt uh, 99 members of the senate other than Johnny and said what's the thing about Johnny Isaacson you like the best or you'll remember the best they'll say he's uh, the greatest guy in the world Melita?
0: well you know i think going off of what you just said one of the most poignant remembrances i read was from a young female political consultant on the Democratic side, and she said, "We may disagree politically, but he'll always be my former Sunday school teacher." <laughs> and I think um, the the decency of Johnny Isaacson is one of the things that that he's most um, remembered for, and will always be remembered for. But I also think. He was the cutting-edge face for Republicans when he was in a very tiny minority and Republicans were few and far between in the General Assembly. You could always assign your young interns to interview Johnny, and he would take the time to explain his side of the issues. He would be patient with them, and back in the 80s, I always knew if I sent an, interv- an, uh, an intern to interview Johnny, they wouldn't be pitched or propositioned. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, he was a, just a really decent, wonderful man. And I think the other thing that I would look forward to is when he has the stress and strain of daily grind of being a U.S. senator, how he might speak out on things that he cares about in the future when he can give – that full attention instead of the day to day grind of serving in the Senate.
5: Yeah, uh, Melita, you bring up something important that I think Mike can prob- Mike, Michael can probably speak to, and that is that is back in the days in the, in the early eighties and and even into the nineties, Republican numbers were in the state capitol were so few yes. that you had to you you, you had the situation where 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 uh, Johnny and Paul Coverdell, at this, uh, who was there at the same time, would kind of take care uh, take advantage of the 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 natural Fisher in the Democratic Party, which was between rural white legislators and mm. ur- urban African-Americans. They would be the ones to form the alliance with, with African-Americans. And it, it kind of led to a, a the, an interesting situation in that 1990 governor's race that Isaacson, I think, was probably the first, first Republican candidate for governor who had true relationships With with uh, African Americans in the Georgia political system,
1: you know, Mike, and I wanted you to uh, speak to that, but I think I am right that to to go to Jim's point, I think when Johnny Isaacson went into the um, House. There were like 26 Republicans in total in the legislature. It was that few. I believe that number no, is close right. to correct, if not actually. It, it was about 26
4: correct. or seven Republicans, <laughs> 28 African-American Democrats. Yeah. And I modeled, I became chairman of the Legislative Black Caucus, and I basically modeled my advocacy. And I can still remember he and Tom Murphy matching political wits on the floor of the Georgia House of Representatives. And there's a joke I tell Johnny. When I came as a freshman, I saw a sign that said, Minority Caucus Meeting, 2 p.m. So I went. <laughs> <laughs> and I in. It was Johnny Iggerson hosting the Republicans. So, anyway, <laughs> so I said, I'm sure they asked you to stay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but times have changed. But uh, but absolutely. And, and And Jim is right. But he was able to articulate and advocate. We didn't always agree. In matter of fact, we were not opposite parties. But it was a marvel to watch him and Murphy go at it on yeah. the floor of the yeah. house. Tom Murphy
1: and, being the, uh, the longtime time speaker Democratic Speaker of Sam, the House. Sam, uh, you uh, came up in Cobb County as, as Johnny Isaacson was. What? What? And and you, like Johnny Isaacson, were always able to work across partisan lines to try first as Cobb County Chair to try to. Uh, do what you felt would make the county a better place, Um, and then as you move forward in your career. But how how did a Johnny Isakson, what was was it about him and Coverdale, how did they build that Republican Party from nothing into a force? With your help,
3: too, of course. No, no, no. His personality. I mean, I remember uh, when he was in the state Senate, so we're talking early 90s, I was at a local gas station, and I was getting active in the community, but, you know, three people knew me, right? You know, Yeah,
5: you were I, in the Homeowners Association right. then, yeah.
3: And all of a sudden, this gentleman comes walking towards me from his set of pumps to my set of pumps to say, uh, Hi, I said, I, I know who you are, sir. And he said, Well, I'm Johnny Isaacson. I, I see you in the paper, and I just appreciate what you're trying to do. And, of course, I was... It talks about his humility and the fact that he never changed from state House to state Senate to Congress to Senator. You know, Saxby's the same way, where you know, they treat you as people. They're not special. and And that's classic Johnny, that he he was he's just a really good guy who likes people and likes working with people.
1: Saxby, it wasn't always uh, wine and roses during your day, and you and Johnny both, you more than him, of course, but you all tried very hard to make to work across partisan lines. And the one time it really stung for both of you, but again, more for you, was the effort to pass a bipartisan immigration reform bill back in two thousand six or was, seven. Six, yeah, it was you
2: know, two thousand six, and, was, and uh, the first one. And that was, you know, you know what's really interesting about that, when I look at what they're trying to do now, what we were trying to do was so minimal compared to what they're having to do now. But if we had been able to get that across the line, um, uh, Lord knows we wouldn't have the problems that we're having down there now. But that was, again, classic Johnny Um We just happened to both be standing in a group one day when uh, the issue of immigration came up, and he and I looked at each other and said, hey, nobody has a bigger issue because we have as many illegals in Georgia because of the size of the state as anybody in the country. And we said, hey… Guys, where we raised our hand yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, let
5: me see. In the bargaining, uh, Kennedy was in the bargaining. Uh, I think McCain yeah. was 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 involved. Kennedy and and, and, and and President yeah. Bush, uh, Georgia W. Uh, oh. I, bill, I tell you, I remember this. Okay, this the the uh, Saxby and, and and Johnny were working the bill. They came to uh, the convention. Was it in Columbus that year? The Gwinnett County, Gwinnett County GOP day. Okay, here's here's For the him. here's the difference. Here, okay. <laughs> Uh, Johnny spoke first.
1: This is the state Republican the state, convention. State by Republican the way, we're convention.
5: About. Uh, It's it's in June. Uh, Johnny gets up and he and he writes. Uh, he, he talks about stuff and he talks about the immigration bill he's wanting. Uh, he, he's doing okay. Saxby is next. He says almost exactly the same thing, <laughs> and it is Saxby that gets booed and not Johnny. And, and it. Yeah, I guess that was a little harder in the way I said it.
3: I
2: there again, uh, I mean that's um, that's Johnny being Johnny. Johnny being honest, he he was very forthright in what we were doing, and um, you know he um, uh, he believed in his heart that it was the right thing to do. And when Johnny gets that feeling, boy, you better get out of his way because um, he's he's coming. And uh, at the end of the day, of course, they they did not agree with Johnny and I on the final border security provisions and the H-2A program that we were working on. So we pulled out of it, but it was not because uh, we knew that it was controversial and it wasn't popular. Johnny never would back off of anything for that reason.
1: You know, it's interesting, uh, Melita. We just heard uh, uh, Johnny say, I'm going to continue when I feel a need to, to speak out about President Trump. Um, Jim, I frankly can't remember which uh, thing Trump had done that people found was outrageous. When Johnny called, uh, called us up, his staff called us and said,
5: Johnny wants to come on Political Rewind. Well, this, was, this was his in March, and he was continuing to go after John
1: McCain. Okay, that's right. It was McCain. But here, Melita, it was such a big deal. I turned on CNN, and they had a story about the fact Johnny Isaacson will be on Political Rewind on Georgia Public Broadcasting tomorrow, talking about President Trump, criticizing President Trump. Really kind of a remarkable thing that well, that kind and, of thing happens.
0: And- When you have someone so decent as Johnny Isaacson, who does speak out, so respected, then the gravitas that person has makes what they have to say all the more important and compelling.
1: All right, let's do this. Saxby beach again, I know you have an important phone call you've got to get to, and um, I'm so grateful that you would come in and share some. Would you please, can we every now and then have you come back? We'd love to have you join us Absolutely. for the show. Good. Yeah, I'm just right down the street. Yes, so. you are. That's good news. All right. Thank you for being here. Um, we're going to continue our conversation. We're going to turn to the politics of all this uh, after our break. But again, Saxby beach thanks for being here. This is Political Rewind. We'll be right back
3: join us for GPB's gala event in the Fox Theater's Egyptian Ballroom on Saturday night, September 7th. The evening starts with a meet-and-greet cocktail reception with music legend Brenda Lee, followed by a three-course dinner and dancing with live music. We'll celebrate Brenda Lee's accomplishments in the world of entertainment as she's presented with the first GPB Georgia Legend Award. Go to gpb.org
0: Brenda Lee to get your tickets before time runs out. 400 years ago this summer, the first enslaved Africans arrived in what is now the United States. One family in Virginia believes it can trace its ancestors back to the first slave ship.
4: We built America. We built this country. Off this way off of free labor. We built the capital. We've invented so many things, so many resources that everybody uses every day.
0: Their story this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News.
4: 4 till 7 this afternoon
5: on GPB and gpbnews.org.
1: We're back on Political Rewind. Melita Easters, Sam Ohlins, Michael Thurman, Jim Galloway joining me today. Uh, We now know we have two U.S. Senate races. We still have uh, uh, Teresa Tomlinson, Ted Terry, and Sarah Amico running. So far are the three candidates for the David Perdue seat. Now we're going to find out, Jim Galloway, which Democrat... Which Republicans are going to move towards taking the seat that Johnny will vacate? And why don't we get the big question out of the way first? Michael Thurman is sitting right here. Is he or is he not going to run for that now
5: open seat in the United States Senate? I think yes. I think yes. He is or he is not. (laughs)
4: <laughs> one or the other excellent answer excellent answer.
1: is that the most we're going to get out of you today you don't want to make news here today
4: no no news today you know I love the job that I have uh, democrats though uh, would do well to stop this is not about personality or ego uh, hopefully the democratic leaders in the state will sit down and think strategically about the opportunity that's presented itself and uh, then make a decision about who would best uh, give us the best opportunity for success.
0: And how likely do you think that is to happen?
4: Well, it hasn't happened since 2002, which is why we've not won since 2002. So if we are serious about being successful, I think it must happen. And people like yourself, Melita, can go a long way to getting people to the table to talk about it, to understand—that's the Democratic Party that I grew up in, right? And you remember it. We have to get back to that. It can't be about what I want or anyone but candidate want but what's in the best interest of the party and ultimately the people. Of well, well,
0: this is the kind of time that that brings the clash of ego and ambition against the greater good and what really service means, and and um, you know. Candidates have to look at whether the people encouraging them to run are the consultants who expect to be paid by them from the campaign contributions they receive. I mean, running for office is a very intoxicating thing for being on the campaign trail. And so... People are really going to have to dig deep before they make the decision to jump into a jungle primary because the dynamics of a jungle primary are just so different.
1: Let's make sure that our listeners know what we're talking about. It's actually a general. It's actually a jungle general, general. election, uh, the special and election, statewide, that's, statewide. That's a big difference. So let's t- let's talk about. Let's break down the dynamics, Jim Galloway. We're going to have Republican Governor Kemp. Will, within the next couple of months, he has some time to make this decision, appoint a temporary uh, re- replacement. But there will be a special election on Election Day, November 3rd, 2020, uh, f- to fill that seat. So it'll take place on the same day we elect a president and all the other constitutional, I mean, all the other offices on the ballot. S- and it will be a jungle general, which means you won't run by party. It'll all be one ballot with all the names. Yeah, I,
5: yeah. I think the, the the state code says that if you want, you can have a party designation next to your name. Right, but it's not required. S- no primary. But there, were, there is no primary. Yeah. That's the important thing, because what you're so what you're going to have, you're going to have a presidential election on top. We know how to be, so that that's going to be. You're going to have a, one U.S. Senate. You have David Perdue defending his his Senate seat, and both going through a primary. So you know there There'll, there'll be a tendency in each primary to push each candidate right and left, all right. But then you have this 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 special election that without a primary, and so you could have a situation where both where 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 Brian Kemp tries to move toward the middle with his selection, and Democrats, if they're smart, they will move toward the middle mm-hmm. uh, in the in the in that election. So you could have s- two very very different Senate races Say at the or- same time.
0: Or you could have the craziness you had in 1972 with 15 people on the ballot.
1: Uh, Sam Olens, what, what do you think? What, what is what is Governor Kemp going to be pushed about by different factions of the Republican Party in terms of? Because we assume he's going to name someone who he believes should be the next senator uh, in that 2020 election.
3: So, I mean, I certainly don't speak for the governor, and, and the governor can speak for himself clearly. Uh, It would certainly be my hope that he would use this opportunity to broaden the base of the party, as he has done with his appointments to date. He's frankly done an outstanding job with uh, numerous appointments. I mean, the judiciary, there was a a very good article in today's paper, uh, the commissioner of insurance. Um, You know, I I think that uh, the governor has a real opportunity if he decides to, to make a strong case that... Uh, the Republican Party has a broad tent and uh, and a welcoming opportunity.
5: Yeah, I mean he, he's he's got there, there's kind of on on the Republican side there are two dynamics. Number one, you know he, he'll want to, he'll want uh, to pick someone who who can help and at least not hurt either Purdue or Trump in in the November election. And yet, really, the person that he picks, he's hoping will be his kind of running mate in twenty twenty two. Yes. Because that's 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 when that 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 vote comes out. So he, I, I I agree I agree with you, Sam. I think he 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 he. There's a good chance that he might pick from North Metro Atlanta.
1: Again, let's make sure we have got the moving parts uh, clearly clarified for our listeners. The person who runs for the special open seat in 2020, special election mm-hmm. seat will then be on the ballot again in 2022. As the incumbent. As the incumbent. Mm -hmm. But in other words, that Johnny seat isn't really up until 2022. Just so we make that Mm -hmm. clear to our Mm -hmm. listeners. That's really fascinating.
5: The election election next year is to fill out the remainder of the term of Johnny Isaacson. And
0: and so whoever Mm Kemp appoints will need to be somebody who can hit the ground fundraising heavy for the 2020 and then repeat for 2022.
1: Mike, Well, how, as you watch this unfold on the Democratic side, you've all already laid out some very general principles for, for us what, that you think the Democrats need to look at. But, you know, I I wondered for a while, David Perdue is going to be a very tough, I've said it over and over on this show, and I think I'm correct, based on polling, but although the AJC hasn't polled for a while, we haven't seen Georgia polling for a while. Perdue's going to be very tough to beat in that election. Um, it, 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 was there any reason why I say is any of those three running uh, already for that seat wouldn't think about whether they'd rather be a part of the open seat? Or can they not do that in part because they've already rationed, told their donors you're giving me money because I'm the one who can be
4: David Perdue? I've not s- spoken in- to any of okay. the candidates. But, well, what, so, what do
1: you speculate about well, something like politics,
4: that? In politics, anything is possible. right? We've had instances of a uh, Roy Barnes, who was running for lieutenant governor, ended up uh, running for governor and being elected well, governor. Lucy McBath, running Luke for legislature, and yeah. running yeah. for Congress. And, and
5: then there's the case of David Gambrell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, that the, the, the Melita uh, mentioned. I mean, he was named to replace uh, Richard Russell. Uh, and uh, I can't remember which. Was that Carl Sanders, I think? And and then Sam Nunn came up and beat him.
0: Sam Nunn came up and beat him in a runoff in a field of 15 which even had included former governor Vandiver.
5: Sam, do you
1: think it's correct that this two open senate seats in this particular year election year 2020 puts Georgia in square in the most important position in the 2020 elections?
3: No, I, I do, but going back to Jim's comment, yeah. um, suburban women are a big factor in 2020. When we're talking about broadening the tent, diversifying the tent, we need to be clear that that includes women, and there are opportunities uh, for the governor to, to pick some really outstanding women as as well as other individuals. I'm from a little the state.
1: surprised, and if I were you, Melita, I'd be not only surprised, I'd be a little irritated that when I read who the, the list of people speculated about as people that Governor Kemp might they. Have, a woman has not been mentioned yet. Well, been, no, 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 that's not There are, been are been women. Mentioned? There are women he's well, well, mentioned. of course, you, you have Jen Jones. No, 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 people. I'm not saying he may not be thinking of that, but everything I've read is all about the men who he might select. Well,
0: but the thing is, you have on both sides yeah. of the aisle, you have some strong women on the bench who would make either a great appointment to the U.S. Senate or who would make great candidates for the U.S. Senate. And I think it is emblematic of the fact that we now have a legislature with 30.2% women in Georgia, that we do finally have a bench so that it's not just one woman's name which comes out, but there are several women's names All which right. get I, tossed out.
1: Jim, if some of your colleagues have included women in that list, I apologize. They have. I just, oh, oh, okay, no, 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 no I'm no, wrong.
5: On, on the Republican side, you've had uh, the name of Kelly Loeffler yeah, right. come up. You've had Jan Jones. She's the, the Speaker Pro Tem right. uh, from up in North Fulton.
0: And Karen Handel.
5: I,
3: that one I haven't heard.
0: I've seen that somewhere. Somebody wrote it.
3: But but keep in mind, um, no way to artfully say this, so let's just say it. Some of the names I've seen in the paper mean they've called the journalist to put their name <laughs> in the list. Why, I shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Well, you hat, know though. how it works, Jim, but not everyone uh, listening well, knows and, how it works. And,
0: and on the Democratic side, you've got Sherry Boston's name being floated. You've got Jen Jordan's name being floated. You've got Lindy Miller's name out there. So there are several wonderful women who are in the wings and giving consideration to weighing whether this might be their time.
1: Mike Thurman, certainly there are Democratic women out there who, as Melita says, it sure would be smart in some ways, Republicans. Sam Olin says suburban women are in play for the governor to find a, a Jan Jones as one example to uh, fill that seat, yeah?
4: Oh, absolutely. So and I want to concur with the, uh, and to acknowledge the appointments that Governor Kemp has made up until this point uh, to diversify the judiciary and other judicial posts uh, in the legal field. Uh, but what we have to do, and, you know, we this is what we do, uh, we, we armchair quarterback, but at the end of the day, the voters will decide. And I think in such an unstable political environment, None of us can really say for sure how it's going to play out. I'm sitting a, a year, 12 months ago, 16 months ago, none of us really thought that we would have Governor Kemp sitting uh, in the mansion <laughs> uh, up in North Atlanta. So these things tend to play out in the most uh, the unintended consequences of a, quote, jungle primary is almost unprecedented, not totally, but there's very little experience in terms of the Georgia political environment. I think all options are open, and we should consider it that way in terms of women, in terms of who Governor Kemp might appoint, and quite frankly, who might run on either the Republican or Democratic side.
0: Well, and the difference is that in 72, when you last had this jungle
3: election,
0: election, it was a predominantly Democratic state, and almost all of the 15 candidates were Democrats. And now, when you have... Only a 55,000 vote margin, which separated the winner of the of the governor's mansion from the top Democrat. The state is far more in play. You have judges who are trying to ensure that the election process will be fair, that all the votes will be counted. And you have a state which is experiencing rapid growth. And so the 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 new voters within that 2 year period could go either way so I think the fact that that all of these factors play into the situation certainly makes Georgia very much in play.
5: And and, and I would say too, it's 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 not just you shouldn't expect multiple Democrat uh, just multiple Democratic candidates. You can have m- multiple Republican candidates yeah. too. If 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 Brian Kemp's goes to toward the center with his pick, you could have somebody like say Burt Jones in the state Senate. Uh, 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 jump into the race. If he goes toward a a, a more conservative ca- candidate, yeah, you could have somebody you could have somebody from Metro Atlanta uh, jump in.
4: Well, I want to go back and say something that, that Jim mentioned, which I think Democrats should not overlook: Governor who, Kemp's appointment that I celebrate and his move to the center to try to expand uh, his constituency from going right to the center, not necessarily left. If we abandon the center, I think that increases the probability not only that he's going to be reelected or in or they might elect Wait, uh, two senators. I, I'm a little I'd love to pick up
1: on this. Uh, Jim, I love your scenario that maybe the David Perdue seat is going to be challenged by uh, uh, you know, it's going to be the more conservative uh, seat. Um mm-hmm. But I don't understand how, you know, you don't <coughs> run for each seat in a vacuum from the, uh, uh, separate from the other one. How do you have a, Repu- a David Perdue being a Trump Republican running and at the same time you've got a Republican candidate in the jungle election because of, because who's more to the center? Aren't they going to come into conflict?
5: Su- you don't have to survive a primary and that matters on both the Democratic side and the Republican side. And this is for, we're talking for Isaac the Isaacsons. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you're not you're not in that primary in in, in a Republican primary. You are continually pushed to the right. Samo. Okay. Go ahead. And, Fitz, and in, wanna... a Democrat, you're, you're you're continually pushed to the Go left.
1: The I just don't know how you can message a, as a David Perdue Republican. You're going to be out there with the journalists asking these questions. You've got. A da- David Perdue running to the right you have another, you have a Republican who's the top t- who's you know, what saying, you, well I don't agree with what no, everything no, David what, Perdue says. What,
5: what you're going to have, and I think this is where Michael is headed you're going to have, a, if 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 they if they play it right, you would have a Democrat saying, I'm a Johnny Isaacson Democrat. There you go, yes. I got you I got yeah, you.
4: That's what you really want to do.
1: Sam Olin's um, it, you said before it's time. You know, you hope that that the governor looks to move more toward uh, the middle. Do
3: you? It, no, I didn't say that. I I'm said, sorry. Did I, I, I got embrace, it wrong? I said broaden the tent.
1: Oh, bro- Okay, but isn't that how you broaden the tent?
3: No, not. I, th- I think those aren't uh, exclusive okay. categories.
1: Okay. Okay. But uh, you, you wait before I've okay. already asked Mike Thurman. You have any appetite for getting back into elective office?
3: I'm perfectly happy where I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> one of the things, even in the general last
4: year, what Stacey did so well, she positioned herself as being the heir apparent to the Nathan Deal legacy. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a brilliant move uh, when she made it, but that was, and at the end of the day, is can you get the 50% plus one? Yeah. And okay. Democrats need a 50% plus one strategy, not a primary strategy. Not a win-the-democratic nomination strategy, but how do you win a general election in Georgia?
1: Melita, you get the last word before we have to take a break.
0: Well, I think that the, I agree with absolutely everything Michael just said. And I think the other thing that will be interesting is to see what else shifts on the chessboard as a result of the appointment Governor Kemp makes and Depending upon who he appoints, if he appoints the current attorney general, what other kinds of um, moves are made.
1: All right. we got a lot more to talk about. I want to talk uh, for a couple of minutes about this remarkable column you wrote today, taking us back to Johnny Isaacson's climb through the ranks, Jim Galloway. And we'll do that after this break. Hi, I'm Ross Sorrell gpb's reporter here in atlanta but i cover more than the state's largest city i tell stories about the problems farmers in the southern part of georgia are facing and i report on transportation issues affecting the 13 metro atlanta counties
0: we believe express lanes is our way to manage the amount of traffic or demand to give those users the reliable trip times that they're looking for
4: stick with us to hear these stories and more
3: gpb news stand with the facts I'm Ira Flato. This week on Science Friday, a person has died from a mysterious illness linked to vaping. It's hospitalized hundreds of people in dozens of states. What we know and don't know about this illness, plus new science lessons from the great minds of the Science Friday Educator Collaborative. It's all on Science Friday from WNYC Studios.
5: 3 o'clock this afternoon on GPB and gpbnews.org.
1: Uh, Jim Galloway, I, I said already that your column for Sunday is I posted uh, at my at AJC It'll also be in the Sunday newspaper, of course, and it's a wonderful column because you take us back to a Johnny Isaacson who was basically on the ropes. He had lost he was two dumb. statewide elections for U.S. Senate uh, and for uh,
3: governor. governor, governor,
1: governor, and. So we've got to go back to 1990 to really tell right. this yes. story.
5: you have to go to the temple. The t- okay, you tell the story, and then I want to add something to okay. it. Okay, all right. Okay, so this is the 1990 uh, race for governor. Zell is the Democratic nominee. Uh, Johnny is the Republican nominee. It's October. Uh, things are getting hard and harsh. And in at the temple, there is a debate. It's not on TV. It's just a one-on-one, and 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 and, and, and I, as I recall, the synagogue was full. It was, it was, it was I ca- can
1: tell you for a fact it was full because I was the
5: sole moderator <laughs> of that debate. <laughs> so, uh, so okay, so so yeah. Zell gets up there and he comes after not Johnny, but Johnny's dad, Ed Isaacson, who was the president, who had been president of Northside Realty in '71 when the federal government hit it for for uh, racial discrimination. And you know he, he, he accuses he, he accuses uh his his Zell accuses his Republican opponent of hiding behind his father yeah and and it brought Isaacson almost to tears. Well, I think it did bring him to tears. Uh, it, as a matter of fact, I I have a f-
1: I have a m- more vivid memory of that than many other political moments over the years because of just what you're saying. It stunned Johnny. His eyes did tear up. Were you there that night? No, sir. Okay, I'm just curious. Uh, I was s- still in high school. <laughs> uh, so, all right, that was a profound moment in many ways. It, it showed us something about Johnny's humanity. You know, because in 1990, politicians weren't supposed to tear up at all. Right. You know, right. it's like,
0: you don't mess with daddy.
1: No, that's
5: right. Our in the mom. South. Okay. But okay. take it to where okay. this all changes. Okay, all right. Okay, uh, uh, the Olympics are in town. Isaacson has just lost a runoff to Guy Milner, uh, self-funder. It is a—it's just a terrible defeat in the U.S. Senate race. Uh, uh, this is for for Sam Nunn's seat, uh, and uh, I mean because this is this is a rejection by voters, uh, Republican voters in a party that Johnny helped create. Two statewide election losses. He was—I mean—and generally, that's pretty much the end of yeah. it. you you, it, yeah. you can't raise money after that. All right. So come December. Oh, well, I'm sorry, let's go back. One, one, one in the meantime, in 94, Zell so gets reelected, barely, and for the first time, we have a Republican state school superintendent named Linda Shrenko. And the f- two do not get along. They, 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 they fight in private, they fight in public, and things are, are in a tailspin. So come, come, come December, Johnny is sitting in his Northside Realty office, gets a call. It's Zell. He wants Johnny's help. He wants him to be. He, he had. He he told uh, Johnny that he had just fired the entire school board, and wanted him to be the new chairman. So, Johnny thinks about it. Zell insists. He's at the governor's mansion. They are. They are going. They're. They're going through. And Johnny. The, the the condition of this for for Isaacson is that he gets to pick the board.
1: Except for Mike Ex- Thurman's sister, Mike, and, and he does so except for Michael Thurman's sister.
5: And, and, okay, and, and this is this is the stunning. This is the, the probably the be- one of the best quotes that I've you know in in, in my political career is it's it, it was this is how Isaacson describes the day. He says. It was all my fraternity brothers and friends who supported me against Zell in 1990. And here I had the governor in the governor's mansion on his phone calling my supporters to ask them if he could appoint them to the state school board to help
3: me.
1: (laughs) Sam, it really was a remarkable uh, uh, comeback, a remarkable resurrection.
3: Well, but it's only a comeback and a resurrection due to Johnny. I mean, let's face it. I have never met, and I will make people mad, and I honestly don't care. He's been my mentor. I've never met a public servant um, that meets the quality of Johnny Isaacson. Uh, the, the The individual's integrity, his credibility, his his love of family. You know, there are way too many elected individuals that think they're really hot stuff, and they're not. Johnny's humility <laughs> is really, really special. And I think it's a it, it it signifies the greatness of Johnny as a person that that experience occurred.
1: Mike Thurman, uh, you became uh, you got yourself into the education game when when the DeKalb County School Board was going through a terrible crisis, and you were asked to step in as superintendent to try to turn things around, which most people would say you did. I wonder if you could sort of argue that Isaacson's ability to transform the state school board in some ways uh, gave you a number of years later some advantages because you had a better state school board to deal with. Maybe not.
4: Well, no, I will say this, that I have studied and followed Senator Isaacson's career very carefully. And when the superintendency was offered, it was not outside of my understanding of what had happened with his career. I will say this. I, I, I always uh, gravitate towards the politicians who are able to overcome defeat, uh, who understand the pain of, of public rejection. And as I sit here today, as I think about it, I'm I'm, I'm just um, filled with the notion and inspired by the fact that uh, you can lose statewide races. You can lose a Senate race <laughs> and still come back. You know what I mean? And don't don't think I hadn't thought about that as I had to rebound uh, from other defeats, including a Senate race, to ultimately, uh, you know, become the CEO of the campaign. Yeah, County. you
5: clearly have rebounded. Yeah, yeah, we need to finish the story, of course. After I'm the, sorry, after yeah, the chairmanship, after the chairmanship, of course, we get we get we get to uh, uh, ninth the nineteen ninety eight general election. Uh, House Speaker Newt Gingrich, uh, his leadership is put into question because his his uh, he loses seats following the impeachment, which Fo- he was the uh, a, a major advocate right, of. Right, right. So he resigns his seat, and suddenly you have yet another jungle primary in <laughs> February, uh, and and uh, and uh, this guy named Johnny Isaacson runs to the center without without any pressure from any primary, uh, and wins without a runoff. Yeah, um, and from there went on to the United
3: States Senate. Right. So, let, but let's mention Bill. Um, when Michael agreed to be the superintendent of the of the DeKalb school system, it was as low as low could get. Yeah. And when when Michael left that position, he made huge huge strides. He did a fantastic job leading that school system forward. Yeah.
0: Uh, I I thank think you. thank you, Sam. Two points here. One, Jim's column shows the great value of experienced journalists who can put the pieces into perspective the way this very well-written Sunday column does. But I think Mike also brought up a great point, and and this applies to both you and Johnny and others. When When you have lost an election and you can be humble enough to run again and serve at a level less than the one you recently sought—that's a really admirable thing. Mary Margaret Oliver did that yeah, after she, did. she ran statewide. There are others who've done Roy that. Barnes did. Roy Barnes. So it—it it really is the the humility that you've talked about with Johnny Isaacson is another thing that makes other politicians. Greatly admired because they share that quality with Johnny Isaacson.
1: I think that's a really good point. Uh, Sam, we, well, all of us at this table, I think, know people who have lost elections and have carried a bitterness in their souls and a chip on their shoulder that continued throughout their lives. Certainly as a journalist, I've known some of those people who to this day like to blame the journalists who covered them for their losses and still treat us as if we were the enemy. Um, That's a really important point Melita's making, isn't it, Sam?
3: Yeah, absolutely. But, you you know, we we call it a public servant. They're few in number. When you find one, keep supporting them. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Can I make one last acknowledgement to John Iserson? Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about it historically, but in 2018, my little college, Payne College in Augusta, Georgia, was in financial trouble, on the verge of losing accreditation. I had to get someone to rally the business community in Augusta, Georgia, Billy Morris, all the Republicans. Guess who I went to? John Iserson. yeah he pulled them together. Ultimately, we raised tens of thousands of dollars to help get my little college out of heart. So for young politicians, you know, fight as hard as you can. But something Tom Murphy said about serving in the House, he said, Michael, the friendships you make here will last you for a lifetime. It's not personal. Fight for your principles. But to be John Isakson, the best thing we can do is recognize that he rose above that and understood the value of relationships and 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 and, and respect for one another. That's his legacy, and it's what, something Republicans and Democrats should celebrate.
1: Well, I love the fact that we've had this hour to uh, celebrate what a great career Johnny has had. As I said at the beginning, this is no obituary. We expect to be hearing from Johnny Isaacson for quite some time, and Jim, we expect to get him back into our studio. Oh yeah, studios. And one of these chairs and, here. Yeah, yeah sir, you're darn right, we do. Uh, real quick, because we're really out of time. But what, what should we expect next? When do we how, when do you imagine? We don't know when Kemp is going
5: to make this announcement. No, but. I, would, I, I, I imagine he's going to take his time. I wouldn't expect an announcement uh, much before Thanksgiving.
1: Okay, and again, real quick, if you're thinking about running for that seat, do you wait for Kemp to choose before you jump in because you're thinking about it strategically or do you go now and say I'm going to That's pr- a,
5: that's a that's a really difficult question yeah. because uh, because I think who you're running against really shapes what what candidate will right. be the best one right. to match him. Okay, we are or complete her. Oh.
1: or her or her. <laughs> Jim Galloway, Melita Easters, Sam Olins, Michael Thurman. What a pleasure to have you here on an extraordinary week in Georgia politics. That's it for us for today. We're taking Monday off. Everybody's going to take a three-day holiday. So we will see you again for another Political Rewind Tuesday at 2. Uh, have a great Labor Day weekend, everybody. Don't go crazy at Dragonfest over the weekend. Bye-bye. <laughs>
0: political rewind with bill Naggett is produced by tom faust and robert jemison our engineer is jesse nicewanger with help from alex word and Deborah gilbert bradley Gaines, sarah callis and myself carly browder are our interns if you miss any part of this show or want to listen to previous shows you can find our podcast on itunes google play spotify and always at gpbnews.org